Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. I do feel I've got something uh, the Lord's put on my heart to share this morning. So we're going to get into that. Before we did that, I just feel like uh, the Lord wants me to pray for necks, neck pain, uh, before we go any further, is there someone here, uh, maybe a few people here, and you've come and you've literally got neck pain and you're here today right now? I'm not, yeah, great. Oh, a few. Okay, awesome. That's good. Uh, keep your hand up and I'm just going to get, oh, there's quite a few. Praise the Lord. I believe, I believe God wants to release healing right now in this moment. So if that's you, just raise your hand. I'm going to get some people around you just to lay hands on you. And just pray and say, God, we just release healing into this neck in Jesus' name. Bless this person in Jesus' name. We command pain to leave in Jesus' name. We believe for healing in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right. Can I just check, did anyone feel anything or did pain levels change at all? One, great, amazing. Anyone else? Oh, two, three. There's a few, there's a few little ones. Yeah, okay, I'm not going to make you stand up or do anything. It's all right. So that was at least five or six people. Can we put our hands together? Thank you, Lord. Oh, that's great. Do I just pray and wrap this up and we get out to the coffee cart? No, we can't do that. We've got to get to the Word of God this morning. All right. Father, we've prayed a lot, but we just pray right now. As Tam said, let your voice be the loudest voice this morning, God. We believe in the power of your Word. Your Word says it will not return void, Father. And so we say yes and amen to your Word to the seeds that you want to plant in our hearts today for the transformation that you want to do. And so, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you to come and speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just turn to the person next to you and say, God's got something for you. Just get all judgy. You can point your finger. Just be like, you need this. All right. Now I want you to tell them I need this as well. All right. And they're like, I know you do. All right. If you got your Bibles, Mark chapter one, verse thirty-five is where we're going this morning. Mark one thirty-five. Give me a yell when you are there. That was not a yell, Ted. (laughs) Who's got got the paper Bible here today? There are some holy people in the house. All right. Mark 1.35. Reading from the New Living Translation today. It says this. He says, before daybreak, the next... But Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he travelled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues 
and casting out demons. And that's where we finish that passage. So I want to bring you a passage of Scripture today that I think most of us would say is an in-between passage. And uh, I was actually, I was reading this passage in my quiet time this week and, uh, and I was kind of looking at it and saying like, God, have you got anything in this? Like this passage occurs uh, right before this, Jesus has just gone and um, he's healed, uh, I think it was Simon's mother-in-law and uh, he goes to a house, they say, oh, she's sick. And he's like, well, I'm Jesus. And he heals her and it says she got up and cooked them food. Isn't that great? Praise the Lord for that. And so, um, and, then, and then people come and they bring all the sick and demon possessed and, and Jesus heals them. And then we've got this in-between passage and then we've got this passage after that where Jesus goes on and we read about how Jesus heals a man with leprosy. It was an amazing thing. And so stuck in between, we have this scene which kind of in many ways can seem like nothing. But as I started to look at this scene and really ask what the Lord had for me in this, he started showing me these things, these things and, and I was at first I was saying like this, this is personal, this was as I said, in my quiet time with the Lord, I was reading through this and kind of taking some notes and stuff. And then later in the week, God started to say, hey, I want you to share that, Dan. And I was like, well, but God, that's for me. And he was like, no, it's for everyone, Dan. Share that, you know. And so I'll, I'll let you in. I was, I was telling some of our team this morning, but um, God and I have this funny relationship. And I said to the Lord, I said, oh, but that's just a little devotion, God. Like, that's not a message. And he's, he got stern with me and he said, Dan, this is what he said. He said, uh, do you trust in your ability to construct a message or my ability to speak through my word? Yeah. So that's not an excuse because I've got a rubbish message. <laughs> but if it is... And so, as I said, we've got this funny thing and I was in time of prayer, really wrestling with this, like genuinely wrestling with this. And so I said, fine, God, well, I'll just get up there and read scripture then. And he said back to me, well, maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> and so, I've got a few things to say as well. So we'll see what happens. But I've called this message today, I know what God wants me to do. I know what God wants me to do. Um, about, well, a long time ago now, when I was 20 years old, forever ago, you know, a long time ago, uh, I was living in Melbourne and um, there was some stuff going on in my life, some personal stuff, and I went, I went actually visited my dad at work one day and I sat down in his office at work, which, you know, I never really did, and uh, he said to me, like, what is going on with you? Like, you look terrible. You look so depressed. Well, thanks, Dad. And uh, I was. And I said, well, the problem is, like, she's up there in Queensland and I'm down here. And the truth is, like, I just want to be with her. And God, and Dad said to me, well, he said, well, why don't you just go be with her? And I was like, what? Like, my dad's this straight-laced corporate guy, you know, and uh, I was in university at the time and he said, well, yeah, if you want to be with her, just pack up and go be with her. 
I was like, are you kidding me? Like this just opened my whole world up. Anyway, I wasn't really following the Lord at the time, but I walked out of dad's office that day and I said, well, God, if you want me to go to Queensland and be with her, then I need a job and I need somewhere to live. Later that day, I went to work. I was working at Bunnings at the time, best job ever. And, uh, and when I got to work, I stuck my head in the boss's office. He was sitting at his desk. I said, hey, I'm just wondering, like, is there, is, do you do transfers or anything like that? Would there be any chance I could get a job at a store in Queensland? And he goes, you know what? Come and sit down here. And I'm like, okay. Starts dialing on his speakerphone. A guy picks up and he, it's, I'm hearing this whole thing. He goes, hey, so-and-so, I've got Dan sitting here. He's thinking about moving to Queensland and wondering if you'd have a job for him. He's a great worker. I can recommend. What do you think? He goes, well, you tell Dan he's got a job waiting for him right here, mate. <laughs> Hangs up the phone. I'm like, okay then. So I walk out of the office and I'm like, well, there's only one person I know in Queensland. So I called them and I said, hey, sounds weird, but I need a place to live in Queensland. Do you know of anything? And he said, you can stay at my house. And so within a matter of hours, God had sorted those things out. So I packed up my V8 Kingsley wagon. I had one of those old school tellies. Someone had given me this massive old school telly, not flat screen. This thing was a two-man lift, no remote control. You needed a broomstick to change the channels. And I remember packing that in the car with a few other things and I hit the road and I moved to Queensland. Here we are 23 years later, married for over 20 years, chased her down. Yes, it was my current wife, Alyssa Perkins. Three kids, four chooks, one dog and... uh, here we are. And bees, thousands of bees. Yeah, yeah. These guys know me too well. I didn't want to sound like a bee nerd, but I am. I am a bee nerd. Thank you. Thank you. But here's where I'm going with this. Over the course of that time period, I have made some good decisions with God's help. There's been some shockers in there, sure. But each one of us here, we've made various decisions through our life. And the truth is that where we are today has a lot to do with the decisions that we've made. Not everything's been in our control, I understand that. But significant number of the decisions you and I have made have contributed to where we are today. And this is what I wanna talk to you about today. Because I think one of the problems for a follower of Jesus is that we make choices without God. And I remember I was talking to a friend one time, was making a really big decision in his life. And he said, hey, Dan, could you pray about this decision for me? And I said, sure. Like, I was taking it really seriously. I was already thinking I'm going to put some reminders in my calendar so I actually pray for it. And I started to ask more questions about this decision. As I asked more questions, I found out he'd already made the decision. He was just feeling a bit funny about it. And I'm like, okay, this is what we do so often is that because we call ourselves a follower of Jesus, we, we inadvertently believe that our decisions are made with God. 
But the reality is so often we leave him out of the decision-making process. And the problem is that God has plans and purposes for our life. And we can end up doing all these things that may even look good, but they may not be God things. And I want, to ima- I want you to imagine for a second that we could be so consumed by pleasing God that we invite Him into our decision-making processes and His plans and purposes become the most important thing for our life. What would that look like for us? Now, before we go any further, we see that Jesus, the disciples come, they follow him, they chase him down, they find him. And we see that Jesus says, hey, hey, I'm not going to go do that. I'm going to go do this because that is what I've come here for. So we see that Jesus understood his purpose. The reason that God had him on earth and that became his decision-making process, is this a part of my purpose? And before we go any further, I really want to demystify this idea of purpose because I feel like so often we can think about purpose as being like the one big thing we were created to do. I was created to win gold at the Olympics. I was created to sing, not me. I, I, I was created to build a huge business. And maybe you might think about purpose. You think my purpose is to raise my family. My purpose is to lead a church. And those things aren't wrong, but what we can miss when we have that kind of grand view of purpose is we miss the moments of life as well and how they relate to our purpose. Because purpose isn't just about the great big plans that God has for our life. It's about every moment of every day. How does God want you to navigate today? How does God want you to enter into tomorrow? How does God want you to respond to that invitation or that opportunity? And this is where we believe that God has plans and purposes for our lives. And our decisions will greatly affect how much we are used by God to see his kingdom advance. One of the ways that we can really take a hit in this area is by being swayed too much by what other people think. We look to other people for identity and acceptance instead of wanting to please God. I was thinking about this and I thought, if I was really caught up in this, there is no way I'd go for the Collingwood football team. (laughs) So this is evidence, clearly, that I'm more about the things of God than what people believe. And here they are, the greatest football team to go on and win the premiership this year, in Jesus' name, amen. Is a great quote by Craig Rochelle, he says, living for the approval of people keeps you from living for the purpose of God. And, and, and this, like, it's so easy to be affected by this, right? We have this scene and um, Jesus 
ducks off and he, he's having some prayer time. He's Jesus, right? He does really cool things like pray. He meets with God. And it says that Simon and the others went out to find him. When they did, it says, they said, everyone is looking for you. Now, the language here is very gentle. But in the Greek, it actually, the language, it, it's the same language that would be used around someone hunting something, right? The disciples, Simon and the others, were hunting for Jesus. Or modern language, once they had finally tracked him down, then they said, everyone's looking for you. And I think Simon and the others, they would have been freaking out, right? They woke up in the morning and where's Jesus? Like he's the main man and he's not there. And no doubt there were probably people that was already hanging around or they knew a whole lot of people were gonna turn up that day and they needed Jesus and Jesus wasn't there. And I think the disciples even had an expectation of Jesus that he would go and he would meet the needs of those people. So here's Jesus and there is expectation coming towards him from other people. Even people he doesn't know, people who may have not even been there yet. Can you imagine for a second how people felt when they turned up, like they're walking a long way to come and see Jesus and they turned up that day and they found out, oh, Jesus has moved on to another town. Like some people would have been annoyed at that. Like we've just walked four days, you know. Like I've, I've only eaten a crust of bread to be able to get here and see Jesus. And I needed Jesus and he's just gone. Like he's just deserted us, left us and moved on to something else. Like there was a huge amount of expectation here. Now, if Jesus was a people pleaser, I reckon he would have jumped up as soon as the disciples said, you know, there's people waiting for you. He would have jumped up and said, oh, I'm so sorry. And he runs over there and he, he prays for the sick and he casts out demons and he says, I'm so sorry for keeping you waiting. I know I was praying, that's a good thing, but I kept you waiting. I'm really sorry about that. I'm so sorry you had to come so far. If I had a roast in the oven, I would give it to you. I know you're tired, I know you're weary. But Jesus didn't do that, right? Because he knew his purpose. And pleasing God was more important than pleasing people. And sometimes we spend too much time wondering what people will think and not enough time asking what God is calling us to do. And I get that that's complex. Did you notice that in this passage, Jesus didn't tackle every problem and meet every need? There were people waiting for healing. There were people waiting to be delivered. Maybe some of these people had waited for this moment their whole life. It wasn't a great hospital system. They hear that Jesus heals. They're like, this is my opportunity. And Jesus walks past them. He goes to the next town. And here's a thought for you and me today. God has not called you to fix every problem and meet every need. Be released. Even Jesus didn't do that, right? And you gotta hear this. There are some control freaks in the room. Okay, maybe you're sitting next to one, maybe you are one. 
but you're one of those people that you feel the need to be able to fix everything, fix all the people, fix all the situations, and your world is constantly in a spin because you can't get it all fixed. But I want you to hear this. God hasn't called you to fix every problem. That you can be released from that. And some of us here are fixers. Men or husbands, I should say, myself included, we can be fantastic fixers at times. I can't speak for wives because I'm not one, but I can speak for the husbands. And we're very good at fixing our wives, right? <laughs> very good. But the problem is, I would say 95% of the time, they just need a hug and some cheesecake. <laughs> it's 20 years of marriage and I've learnt this. Amen. That's getting rounds of applause. It's from the husbands or the wives. Sometimes we get to be used by God. Don't get me wrong. But God is the best fixer. God is the only one that can really heal. God brings his love, his care into our lives and he is the one who just loves people regardless of even when they, whether they get fixed. But he meets us all as broken people. That's what's so wonderful about God. All right, sometimes we need to say no to good things so we can say yes to God's great things. How many people know not all good things are God things? There's lots of good things, but they're not all God things. The enemy would be stoked to see you ineffective and distracted by things that are not from God. We can devote ourselves to good things that are not God things. How do we know if they're God things? Knowing God will help us to know if they're God things, things that God has led us into. Now, I want to address what I call the elephant in the Scripture here. If we go back to the very start of this passage, it says, before daybreak. Now, I know those words are swear words to some people here. But I want to talk about it today. I looked it up in, in other translations. In the New King James, it says, having risen a long while before daylight. There's no amens to this. In the, in the message version, it says, while it was still night, way before dawn. In the English Standard Version, it says, rising early in the morning while it was still dark. Is there any early risers that can say amen? amen? Okay, there's a few. I want you to see this. The ministry of Jesus came from his intimacy with God. It flowed out of that time that he spent with the Father. Hearing from the Father, Jesus actually said he only does what the Father does. He only says what he hears the Father saying. This was his point of connection it's where he was equipped, where he was empowered and where he received his direction and the affirmation of his purpose. I want you to hear this today. If your ministry isn't flowing out of intimacy with God, then it's likely you're doing it in your own strength. You can be doing great things, great things. You can think you're even doing things for God, flowing out of intimacy with God then you're probably doing it in your own strength. And it's time for us all to press in. Amen? 
John 7, Jesus says this, anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of living Holy Spirit. And so we need to come to Jesus and drink, right? And I wonder what this looks like for each one of us. You know, the enemy would love to see us disconnected from the Father so that we're ineffective for his plans and purposes. I was talking to someone recently here at church who has become a Christian in the last couple of months. We did this series called Holy Habits. And one of the weeks was about the habit of prayer, praying daily, connecting with the Father. And he said to me, Dan, holy habits. I have started holy habits and I'm praying every day. On his way to work was his prayer time every single day. And I thought, what a wonderful thing. I know, I know people who have been Christians for 40 years who don't do that. And here you are, a new Christian, and you're starting on the foundation of connecting with God every day. What a wonderful thing. That's amazing. Does your week reflect your desire to live from God? What does that look like for you? Think about the demands that were on Jesus. So many people wanted him right? He had a limited amount of time on earth, only so long to get the things done right. There were huge demands. Can I, imagine, can I encourage you to build a daily time where you are meeting with God? It's a time that looks like um, maybe some worship, opening the Bible, reading His Word, praying, even just sitting and listening and just seeing God, saying, God, I wanna hear from you today. And having that point of connection. Now, I don't know if it has to be before the sun comes up, all right? For some of you, I know that that's just not gonna work well. As I was meditating on this this week, um, I woke up really early one morning, about four o'clock, and um, it was cold and it was dark. And instantly, as soon as I woke up, this passage came to mind, before daybreak, Jesus got up and went to an isolated place to pray. And I said, Lord, I really wanna do that, but it's warm in my bed, it's cold out there, and, uh, and I'm tired, right? And next thing you know, I'd fallen back to sleep. I woke up again about five o'clock this time, and it, straight away it came to me again. I said, yeah, Lord, like I really love the idea of that. But it's just so warm in my bed, right? And... Um, Anyway, short story is I didn't end up getting up, right? And what am I telling you this for? <laughs> That's what you're wondering, isn't it? Because I was saying to God, God, I'm so tired. Like this extra hour or two of sleep would just be really helpful right now. And I had this thought. This thought popped into my head. I said, well, do you reckon Jesus wasn't tired? And I was like... Oh, I think he probably was really tired. He was doing a lot of stuff, right? But somehow I believe that even our desire for the Lord will put us in a place where we trust him for things that we believe that we need. We can give him our time. We can give him our heart. I believe that he could come and refresh us if we've had hardly ever any sleep, that if we put him first in that space, that we'll see him do great things, amen? This morning... I was, I was keen to have a bit of a sleep. It's been a really big week. 5.11 in the morning, 
kookaburras right outside my window start cackling. I don't want to get super spiritual, but I was like, God, are you laughing at me? Is this how we're going to do this? Team, I'm going to get you guys up and just finish up here. But here's the thing. I, I think this in-between passage just shows us that Jesus was able to do what he did because he made this time to connect with the Father. And in that place, he knew his purpose. He knew what God wanted him to do. In each one of us, we have this opportunity to be able to invite God in to the moments, to the decisions constantly. Maybe you're going to have those moments today. You say, God, I've got this opportunity, but what does this look like for you? And the big picture is, can you imagine, like we can have a church full of people who are doing good things, lots of good things. Great, that's awesome. Can you imagine a church full of people who are doing God things, who are fired up, knowing I believe that God has actually created me, called me into this right now. Today, I believe that God's led me to leave that behind and go into this space. Can you think about some of the things that would get initiated? Can you think about some of the things that would get left behind as we start to look to God in all the moments? I wanna leave some questions with you just to ponder as we pray in a moment. Do we sometimes take on more simply to please other people? Do we truly recognise the importance of discovering God's priorities for us? What are the priorities that God has for me? How often is my time spent on things that are not God's priorities for me? Do we push expectations onto others? Proverbs 16, it says, The mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord shows him what to do. Can I invite you just to bow your heads and as I pray this morning I just I want to invite you just to say Holy Spirit show me the way God I want to look to you God we want to know you God, we want to grow in our desire for You. Father, forgive us where we have left You out of important things, Father. Father, forgive us where we've chosen our way and not Your way, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, when we we haven't seen Your leading, God, and we've seen our own, Father. Forgive us for those times that we've disconnected from You, God. And we've been caught up in our ideas and our ways, Father. 
God, our prayer, each one of us would be that we can go to You, Father, to find our purpose, our identity, that in our relationship with You, Father, we would know You and that out of that place, who we are and what we do would flow. Father, we pray that we'd be a people that can see Your fingerprints all over our life, God, that we can see the fruit of being led by You. Holy Spirit, help us to be people who are led by You every moment of every day. God, would You grow in us a fear of the Lord that places You number one over the opinion of man. Father, maybe right here in this moment, you're showing some people things that need to change because they've been initiated to please people or from an agenda that's not yours, God. And even this morning, you're making it clear some things that just need to change today, Father. God, help us to find peace where we wrestle with some of that people-pleasing stuff, Lord. God, we pray that we'd be a people who are on about your things. Number one. Spirit, we pray for that still small voice to speak right now into personal situations, into identity, into things that we haven't seen. Thank you for leading us, Lord. so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.